We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. What is it in us, though, that knows what love is and what it's not? How is it that love is so thrown around in our culture casually? Like, I love pizza. I love Star Wars movies. Oh, and I love my wife deeply. It's like we know. We know the difference between those two things. We, we know when we see real, real love. We know at the end of the, the notebook when the old couple who once had known each other early in life and grew over time in this marriage decades upon decades and children and grandchildren and die in each other's arms. There's something in us that just says, that's real love. There's something in us that when we see a father hugging, embracing his adult son and his adult son finishing that embrace, we don't even know their story. All we know is, man, They love each other. There's some struggle there that I don't know about. There's some ups and some downs. There's some triumphs and some tragedies. But man, when I just saw that, that's real love. Like I know it when I see it. It's like you're in a cafe or in a Starbucks or some coffee shop and you see two sisters across the table from each other and they're talking and they're laughing and they're catching up and their children are sort of running around and you go, there's something going on there. I don't know their whole story, but those two love each other. We also know what's fake love. It's like there's something in us that's like, "Mm, this just doesn't seem right. When someone tries to hold their love over our head, I'll love you if you do this. I'll love you if you'll stop doing that. There's something in us that's like, this just doesn't seem right. It seems like you're trying to package this as real love, but really it's just manipulation. Really, it's just trying to control me. Really, it's just you fill in the blank. You just know this is counterfeit. This isn't real. What is real love, though? How come we know it instinctively and so often we go towards the false thing? How do we give and receive real love? And that's the question that we want to ask today. How can we really love others and experience that love in return? How do we do this? That's what this series is all about. These are the questions that we are going to answer. What is real love? If you're taking notes, take a look at this. Real love. Love we receive from God then express and demonstrate in our relationships so others can see God. What does that mean? Simple. We receive the love of God. We begin to understand how he loves us. We reflect that in our relationships with other people. We give that away to other people. And in return, they start to recognize what real love is and the source from where it comes from. Even people who don't believe and follow Jesus, even people who don't believe in God, they start to go, what is it that's different about you? Why is it that you love me this way? And we can begin to tell our story. Well, 
I love you this way because I have been loved this way. That's real love. Today, we're going to talk about one of three ingredients, one of three components, one of three building blocks, if you will, of what real love is. And you saw it in that clip that we began with. Real love. Where does it begin? Let me get to my notes here. Well, anyway. Real love involves commitment. Commitment. It requires commitment. In fact, I want to talk to the single ladies today. If you're a single lady today, I want to give you this. This is free. This isn't even in the notes. If he will not commit, you must acquit. That's right. If he's still talking to you after six hours, we're just talking. What what is this? We're just talking. You must acquit. You must let him go. Figure out what it means to really love. If he wants you to move in and try it out, you must acquit. Like, hey, look, I'm not going to play house with you. I respect myself too much. If you want to figure out what real love is, you're going to have to go figure it out. But not with me. I remember trying this uh, when I was engaged to be married. I remember trying to use love to get my way with my fiance. I remember us being in some tiff, some argument, and it wasn't going quite the way I wanted. So I said, well, I don't know if we really are supposed to get married. I thought, that'll do it. That'll get her back. That'll change the dynamic. That'll get me back in control of this conversation. She took her engagement ring off, put it in my hand, put my fist around it, and said, okay. As if to say, if you can't commit to me in a minor argument about this or that, how are you going to commit to me five years from now when it gets tough? When we got two or three kids running around here and it ain't fun and you don't feel like it. So if that's the way it's going to be, there you go, Mr. Man. Go grow up and come talk to me. Maybe. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> that's what she said. Maybe not in those words. 15 minutes later, I call her back, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I was wrong. What is the deal with that, though? Why is it that commitment is something that we realize, and that when we are in relationships with people who can't commit, there's something in us that just says, I don't know if they have the capacity to do this right now. We're going to see a picture of that in the Bible. Turn with me to the prophecy of Hosea. It's in the Old Testament. If you're new to the scripture, it's, it's right there towards the end of the Old Testament. Well, we have it in the note blocks in the Brentwood app. You can follow along in there. Hosea, let me give you a little story here. Hosea was a prophet who was to be uh, given a message. And in this message, he was to go to the people of Israel. Israel had been re- Rejecting and rebelling against God. They, they were going after false gods. They were going after the other nations. They were, they were going after the things that were totally against God. And so God caused this prophet Hosea to come to them. And as he comes to them, 
God uses Hosea's life as an illustration of their relationship with God. And he says, let me show you how I love you, but let me show you how you don't love me. And then God does what he does best and he finds a way to resolve it. Look, look what it says in, in verse two. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. Check this out. God says to the prophet Hosea, we're going to do a little illustration for Israel. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go marry a prostitute and she is going to have children and you're not going to know if those children are yours or someone else's. Side note, that's hard. That's difficult. I don't know about you, but that would be a tough assignment And God says to Hosea, this is what I want you to do. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. Then the Lord said to him, go and love your wife again, even even when she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods to love and worship them. Now, I want to show you a couple layers here. If you look to the screen, you you, you can see there's two layers of this conversation. There's ultimately going to be three, but the first layer is this, and that is God with Israel. And the second layer is Hosea and his wife. So there is a story being told here, and what God is saying is, Hosea, you are going to represent this. Gomer is her name. Your wife is going to represent Israel, and here's the deal. I want you to love her. I want you to keep going after her with your love. That's difficult. That's hard. You can imagine Hosea wondering when he gets home, where his wife is and what she's up to. You can imagine wondering him, looking at their children, wondering, is this child, is this son, is this daughter mine or someone else's? And what does God say to him? I want you to keep going after her. When she leaves you, when she forsakes you, when she rejects you, when she runs away, I want you to go after her. And then the way that you feel, the way that you experience that, the way that you empathize with that, I want you to tell Israel, that's how I feel with you. And that's where Israel is. She keeps saying, God, we are all about you. But then she turns and she runs and she rejects God. And what does God do? We see this turmoil In this conversation, look what it says in Hosea 4. It says, wine has robbed my people of their understanding. They ask a piece of wood for advice. They think a stick can tell them the future. He's talking about their idols. You guys carve these images. You carve these things out of wood. Longing after idols has made them foolish. They have played the prostitute. You see the imagery here. Serving other gods and deserting their God. You can feel the heaviness. Has this ever happened to you? 
Have you ever gone all in on a relationship and committed to this person and thought they were committed to you? And I'm not just talking about a spouse. I'm talking about children. I'm talking about parents. I'm talking about coworkers. I'm talking about a best friend. And you thought, man, I am so committed to you. I'm all about you. And they turn around and they betray you. They don't return the commitment. In fact, not only do they not return the commitment, they ball it up or they tear it up and they walk away. And then they come back and they call you a couple years later and, and you're like, hey, how are you doing? And they want something from you. They don't want the relationship. Man, haven't we all been there? Now, our temptation, of course, is to start to identify with Hosea and therefore identify with God. Never thinking that we are actually Gomer, the prostitute in the story. Oh, Think about this. God begins to speak. He says, war, war will swirl through the cities. Their enemies will crash through their gates. They will destroy them, trapping them in their own evil plans. For my people have determined to desert me. They call me the most high, but they don't truly honor me. They call me up when they want something, And then they run from me and they reject me. What is going on with God in this story? What is going on in the layers of this story? God is showing us something. Real love requires commitment. Real love requires commitment. Commitment. I want you to look to the person beside you and say, I got to commit. Go ahead. Oh, come on, guys. Come on. Own it. Commit to it. Turn around and say, I got to commit. I got to commit to this. Yes. I have got to commit to this because there are times when we don't want to. There are times when we don't feel like it. Thursday, I got a communication. My wife and I were in an early meeting together. We trusted that our children would get themselves up from school, get themselves dressed, and drive themselves to school because that's what they do. We get a communication in this meeting. My wife and I step out of the meeting, and she says, well, brace yourself. The dog, side note, the dog that I didn't want, the dog that I got for the wife and the kids, because I love them. Back to the story. The dog got sprayed by a skunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and so what happened? Well, one of the children, okay, let the dog in the house. Right? Okay. And what I'm thinking is, and and quickly got the dog out of the house. Let the dog in the house and didn't realize that the dog had been sprayed by a skunk and just let the dog run around the house. When they realized that the dog had been sprayed by a skunk, took the dog up to the dog's room in the house, put her in her crate where she could smell up the whole house. 
And so I started to upload pictures of my children on adoption websites. <laughs> Have you, has that ever happened to you? You're just like, no, 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 no. Surely they know. Like everybody knows that when the dog gets sprayed, you don't let the dog in the house. You go, oh, wow, you stink. Get out of here. Like surely they know that. No. So the whole house smells like skunk. The children show up at the office on their way to school to give us the play-by-play of the situation. They smell like skunk. I wanted to let them go to school. That's how I felt. Yeah, 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 go to school, talk to your friends. But I wasn't that cruel. They began to explain the situation. And I went into problem-solving mode, and here's what we're going to do, and you guys go back home, you know, you gotta, we, this, we, gotta, we gotta fix this situation. And finally, my daughter spoke up, and I just said, hey, listen, this could have happened to anybody. It's okay. You know, I went from frustration and anger and being flabbergasted, like, how can you do this to anybody could have done this? Who am I to come down on you? Who am I to be punitive in this moment? Who am I to make you feel shamed and blamed when anybody could have let the dog in the house? And when you think about this idea of what is real love, It's not the fact that God never gets angry with Israel. It's not the fact that God's heart isn't broken by Israel's actions. He is. He describes it over and over. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? But what we realize is that we may give up on commitment, but God is always faithful. Why? Because it ain't about feelings for him. And thank you, God, that it's not. Because if his commitment were based upon how he felt about me at times, I would be dead and separated from him for eternity. But it's not about feelings. In fact, it is Jesus who absorbs the righteous anger of God that he feels for me when I resist him, when I reject him, when I run away from him. He is the one who says, I will be your ambassador. I will be the one who takes on the wrath of God for you so that you can be before God and God say, it's okay. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you. Hosea 11, verse 8. Oh, how can I give up? How can I give you up, Israel? How can I let you go? How can I destroy you like Adma and, or demolish you like Zeboiim? My heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. 
He's talking out of both sides of his mouth. One minute he's like, oh, I'm so frustrated with you. The other minute he's like, oh, my compassion overflows for you. No, he says, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel for I am God and not mere mortal. I don't love like mere mortals. I am the Holy One living among you and I will not come destroy you. Write this down. God acts on his commitment, not his feelings. Brentwood Church, if you want to know real love, if you want to express it, if you want to know who can actually give it back to you, it's people who can get over their feelings, give them to a higher power, and be committed to you when it is hard, when it is difficult, when you don't measure up, when you drop the ball. And they are there saying, I'm a little frustrated right now. I'm going to give that to Jesus and I'm going to come after you with my love. That's real love. That's what you want. That's what I want. Why? Because God wired it in us. That's why we can spot it anywhere. We, 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 we look in a, a crowded coffee shop. We look at... I, All the things that I, and just like, those, man, that's real love. I just know it. That right there, that's not real love. That's conditional. That's manipulative. That is false love wrapped in glitter. And you know it, and I know it. And we know when we're living in that. We know when we're giving it. And we know when we're getting it back. That's why this story really has a third layer to it. And that is Christ and us, right? I mean, didn't Jesus take on the wrath of God, the judgment of God that we deserve? Let's not forget that. We let the stinky dog in the house, God's house, and we let it run all over the house, We deserve his judgment. We deserve his wrath. And yet, Romans 8, chapter 5, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were still skunky, while we were still playing the prostitute, while we were still running from him, resisting him, rejecting him, rebelling. Even it says that we were his enemy. We had set ourselves up and said, look, I don't know if you created me. I don't believe that. I know you didn't save me. I'll do this myself. He said, no, no, no. I still am committed to you. I'm going to send my one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, to take on that judgment, to take on that wrath, so that when you stand before me, I say, you are my child and I'm committed to you. Somebody almost got blessed. I heard you. You're like, Oh, I like that. It's okay. It's a safe place to praise God for what he's done for you and me. Remember, commitment starts when feelings end. When you get to the end of your feelings of frustration and anger and you're flabbergasted and how could they and how could he and when you get to the end of that, that's, that's where real love begins because that's the commitment. 
Well, so you say, well, you don't know my ex-husband. My ex-husband ran out on me and the kids. I get that. You felt betrayed. And, and, and he's doing nothing to come back. But you can still forgive him. Why? Because you know that God has forgiven you. You receive that forgiveness from him. You receive that love from him. And then you implore it. You empower it. You give it away to other people. I don't deserve anything but death and hell. And I have been given life, eternity, and forgiveness by God. Why would I not love you, crazy ex-husband? Does that mean he's coming back in the house? I don't know. But here's what it does mean. You can forgive. You can love. You can say, I'm not gonna make this hard on you, even though you've made it hard on me. That's real love. And we're drawn to it. Why? Because it's God. It's who God is. It's who he is. It's who he wants us to be. It's who he's redeemed us to be. Where does this bring us? It brings us to two things that I think we need to wrestle with today. Two things we need to respond to. First, I think some of you today need to remember that commitment starts where feeling ends. And that's your, that's your step today. Because you have been mistaken your complicated feelings towards someone with a lack of love. Get to the end of that and say, wait a minute. God has called me to love this child. He has called me to love this person. He has called me to love my mom, to love my dad, even when I don't feel like it. And when you step through that, through the power of God's love in you, you begin to experience what it means to love in the realest way that God has designed you and me to love. Some of you are running from relationships, from one relationship to the other. Because why? Because when it gets hard, when it doesn't meet your selfish expectations, when it gets a little gritty, when it gets a little bit painful, when it requires a little bit of work, you bounce, you leave. Maybe today you needed to hear this because that's not how God is with you. He doesn't leave when it gets hard. He doesn't leave you when you get a little self-destructive. He doesn't leave you when you resist his Holy Spirit. He doesn't leave you when you let fear and pride and laziness and idolatry take over your life. What does he do? He says, I'm here I'm here. Jesus has taken my wrath. He's taken my judgment so that you and I can have a relationship. I am committed to you. I'm committed to your salvation. I'm committed to your transformation. Walk in that. Walk in that. And I think some of you needed to hear that today. I think some of you, though, need to hear this. And this is something that I need to hear from time to time myself, and that is repent and return. Repent and return. What does repent mean? It means just 
Change your direction, change your mind, change your heart. Let God bring you back to his love. Let God bring you back to his way. Let God bring you back to his mindset. What does he say to Israel? Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. Your sins have brought you down. The choices that you have made, Israel, to to be a prostitute, to be unfaithful to me, to carry on the way you are, it has brought you down. It has brought you to this empty place. It has brought you to old slavery. It's brought you down. Bring your confession, though. Bring your confession. Repent. Turn back. Turn back towards me and return to the Lord Say to him, forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. So that, you, so that we may offer you, just ask forgiveness, like come before the Lord and reclaim the forgiveness that Jesus has already given you. And what does he promise us? I'm committed to you. I've always been committed to you. Jesus has taken on sin, evil, and death, and the consequences of all that for you. And if you resist me, and if you reject me, you can always turn back to me because I am committed to you even when you are not committed to me. And I think some of you needed to hear that today because you are stuck, you are stalled, you are running, you are in a dark place, you are in a place of numbness, you are in a place where you don't even know how to get out of it. And right here, you see the story of a prophet named Hosea who married a prostitute and loved her despite what she did to him, despite the fact that she wasn't committed to him, despite the fact that she was unfaithful to him. And that is an illustration of God's love for Israel and it is an illustration of God's love through Christ to you and me. And it is as simple as saying, God, I wanna come back. And just like the story of the prodigal son, the father wasn't there with his arms ready to blame and shame. What does Jesus' story tell us about our heavenly father? It says that he ran to the son. And that's why you're here today. You thought you were here because some friend invited you to church. You thought you were here because, you know what, I'll give this a shot. You thought you were here because you thought, you know, there's nothing else I have left to do. And what you hear today is that God is chasing after you. And there's nothing, nothing that you can put in the way that will keep him from being committed to you. And for you to see that and for me to see that, we just have to repent and return. And I think that may be where some of you are today. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes, please. Let's create some sacred space. I wanna talk about how we respond to this. First, I think there are some of you today and you need to take the most important step of your life in eternity and that is to step into salvation, to step into 
believing and following Jesus Christ. And I want to help you do that today. I want to help you repent and return to a God that is so crazy about you that he would not let any sin, let anything that you have done keep him from loving you. You can declare this in your own heart, in your own mind right now. Just use your own words. Heavenly Father, today I submit my life to you. I submit my faith to you. I believe that you are my perfect Father. Today I declare once and for all that it is you who have saved me through Jesus Christ, your one and only Son. And what he did for me on a cross, his death was my death, death to sin, death to the power of evil, death to the power of death itself. And today I proclaim my trust in Jesus, not what I have done, not religion, not putting myself together, not trying to be good enough or smart enough or moral enough, but what you have done for me through Jesus Christ today. I ask your forgiveness. All my sin, past, present, and future, I give to you and believe and trust that it is forgiven, it is redeemed because of Jesus Christ. And right now, in this moment, in this moment, as you have accepted God's eternal forgiveness for you. Invite the Holy Spirit into you. The Holy Spirit that was promised to you when Jesus rose from the dead. The Holy Spirit that is your your down payment on eternity with God. That Holy Spirit is there to guide you through the ups and the downs of learning how to give and receive real love in this life. That Holy Spirit is there when you get discouraged, when you get dark, when you get in a place where you wanna resist God. That Holy Spirit is there to move you into the light again, just like he moved you to this day, in this time, in this place, to hear about the love of God. If today you proclaim that, you want to believe and follow Jesus and you have done that for the very first time, I want you right now, just in this moment, to raise your hand boldly. Every eye still still closed, every head still bad. You just raise your hand boldly so that our care and response team can identify. We, We have something for you and we wanna give it to you and we wanna help you take a next step in your newfound faith. Just raise your hand boldly in this moment, just so we can see you. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't let the, the, the fear of, of, of man or, or your pride get in the way. This is a declaration. If that was you today and we didn't see your hand or you didn't raise your hand, I'm gonna ask everybody to stand right now And what I'd like for you to do as we begin to sing in just a moment, you can come right down front here. Come to our care and response team members and they have something for you. And all you have to do is say, today I took a step 
my first step, the most important step to believe and follow Jesus. And they wanna give you something and they wanna help you in this new faith. But for those of you who are here today and you know God had a word for you, you've believed and followed Jesus maybe for seasons or years or maybe even decades, but you know that you have been uncommitted to relationships in your life You have bailed on people that God wanted you to love. You have run out when things got tough. You have rejected the relationships that God said, I want you to dig in here. And you know that God is pressing on you and you need to just come down here and get this church to pray around you. I want you to do that in this time. I think there are people here, you know that your marriage is on the brink. You came in here with your husband or wife and you are struggling right now. Why don't you in this moment grab the hand of your spouse and just say, we've been hiding this. We've been trying to do this on our own. We've been thinking about what the neighbors are gonna think. No more. Let's let's get this church around us. Let's pray. Let's go before the Lord. Let's repent and let's return to him so that we can return to the real love that we signed up for. I'm gonna invite you to do that today. As we begin to sing, as we begin to praise God, you walk out. Nobody prays alone here in this church. I think some of you need to make a phone call today. There's a, a son or a daughter. There is a uh, an ex-spouse, there is a, an old coworker that you know that you walked out on or that you have felt hurt by and you've been holding, holding your heart heavy and hard towards them today. Just unclench your fist, let that wall down. And if you need this church to get around you in prayer, you come down here, you can go to our care room and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with the chains. Some of you are struggling with addictions. Some of you are struggling with secret sins. This is a place where you get free. This is a place where you don't have to walk out of here a slave. You can walk out of here free because of what Jesus Christ has done in you and what he has done through you. And you can walk out of here and you can give God praise the way he said Israel would do the moment that she realized that she had been forgiven yet again. I wanna invite you to do this. As always, our response stations are open. If you believe and follow Jesus and you wanna take communion today, If you wanna write out a prayer request and leave it at the cross so our team can pray for you. If you wanna light a candle of intercessory prayer as a representation of praying for somebody's healing or breakthrough or miracle, please come down here. You can do that today. We're gonna sing a song and it is a song that speaks of the commitment that God has for you. Let Let it be your anthem today and let it empower you to love this way, the people God has put in your life. so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentwoodchurch.org or visit our website brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.